This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell of the Dolphin Financial Group. Alongside me is Tony Shore. Tony, today we're going to talk about a topic that is very interesting to people this time of year. may not be interesting in general, but I find it fascinating because it seems like constantly changing and that is the tax laws we're going to talk about some tips of what people can do last during the last time of the year before the 2019 hits us and also talk about some of these tax changes that uh, were made this year that people probably don't realize and they're not going to realize until they do their taxes (laughs) you know why i'm laughing at that dan no I mean, I'm thinking to myself, see, we're going to do a show on taxes and tax laws and tax planning. Why don't we just uh, rip out our listeners' fingernails? It'd be quicker and I think <laughs> I think a lot less painful if we you know, just use suppliers to, to rip off their fingernails. Well, here's the beauty of it, Tony. I'm not a CPA. I don't have any degrees or um, licenses for tax advice, and neither do you. So we don't have to worry. We can have fun with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, work with you work with CPAs. I mean, you you help people, your clients, you help them work to minimize their tax burdens and plan for taxes, especially how it's going to affect their savings in retirement once they reach that point, right? That's right. And I'm going to start the show right now here with a disclaimer. Okay. And I'm I'm going to let my one of my kids read it. So here we go. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is informational purposes only and is not intended to provide tax or accounting advice. Well, that was great, Dan. Well, Um, that's one of my kids, and you can hear them at the end of the show doing the other disclaimers, and I want people to realize I have fun with it, but it is true that uh, I'm not, uh, I don't give tax advice, but today we're going to give some tips because you're right, Tony, I do work with CPAs. A lot of my clients have someone, so I'll I'll often call them and coordinate their financial and retirement plans with their tax person. So there's all, I'm, I'm open to that. In fact, I promote it. I'm a big promoter of that. Sure. But you also have CPAs. You uh, have worked with your clients. If they don't have their own trusted CPA, uh, you work with CPAs that can help them and that you work alongside to right. help them with their taxes. And, and you're the big picture guy because CPAs, if you just go to a CPA, they're going to look at what you can do to minimize your taxes right now and what's best for you for the past year, for 2018. 
but they're not going to necessarily make decisions that are going to be the best for that big chunk of money you have uh, in your retirement fund. Right. And one of the CPAs I work with, his big saying is, you know, I'm all about tax planning, not tax preparation. Because there's a big difference between go getting your taxes done by somebody. You know, you, you see them around the corner here in Florida. Oh, sure. Holding, you know, Statue of Liberty and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Twirling signs. And they'll do your taxes for you. So they'll complete the document, but they're not, and they may not. Now, some might, but they typically are not going to be the ones planning things out. And today, when I talk about some of the changes, I want to talk about how I'm going to focus on the ones that impact the retirees the most, because that's, that's my client base. And I want to talk about some tips and things to consider that don't really necessarily, you don't see when you're filing your taxes, but you, you will impact when you do file your taxes. So you might want to plan ahead. So that's, that's why, and it is December, you know, so we do this at the end of the year, just because that's when people really want to think about taxes. Actually, people don't want to think about taxes ever. Right. And I'll right. be the first to tell you, I'm a, I'm not a big fan of taxes. My mom used to work for the IRS, so I was inundated with that, you know, mindset the whole time. Um, but uh, I don't I don't avoid taxes that I'm required to pay. I avoid taxes that I'm not required to pay. Right. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you want to minimize the tax burden. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, everybody needs to pay their fair share. But on the same at the same time, why pay more than you have to? I mean, that's that doesn't right. make any sense. Right. So. Well, and, you know, the problem is and then a lot of people gave Trump a big hard time about his tax cut, you know, saying, oh, it's only for the rich and stuff. And I don't gonna, I don't want to get into a political battle with you, Tony, because you and I probably don't see eye to eye on this one. But I'll say that there's some statistics out there that show that about half of the U.S. taxpayers that are at the high end of the taxes, they pay 97 percent of the taxes. And then the bottom half only pay 3% of the taxes. So if you're going to make a tax cut, it's going to favor the people that are paying the taxes or the higher earners. Sure. And I don't I, know where. I, I can I, see that. I, I read it somewhere I, and I should, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and I'll put the link up on my website. But um, something like the richest uh, 1,400 people paid more in taxes than the bottom 70 million people in this country. Sure. So, you know, but. So if you're going to make any changes to benefit the tax laws, which which Trump did, it's going to favor those that are paying it. But that doesn't mean that everyone um, that doesn't pay a lot in taxes uh, isn't really hypersensitive to it, because even if you're paying five hundred dollars in taxes, that might be a big chunk of your income. So Mm -hmm. um, it's important that we talk about this. Oh, yeah, it's a. It's really important. You know, I was teasing about, you know, talking about taxes is not the most fun, but getting tips on. <laughs> well, sorry, Tony, I fell asleep t- for a minute. <laughs> but getting tips on reducing your tax burden or uh, understanding how you can keep more of those dollars in retirement and avoid, you know, having to pay more taxes. A lot of people assume, oh, my tax burden is going to go way down anyway in retirement. Right. Uh, oh, that's a good that's, point. That's not necessarily true, is it? Correct. Right. Right. So people think, and, and there's a rule of thumb on, you know, that I, in fact, I often hear, and this is crazy. I don't know how it gets, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say it so people don't think about it, but I, you know, at least every couple of years I hear someone say at age 80, I don't have to pay taxes anymore or what? something like that. Yeah. I've like, never or heard that. Sometimes it'll be age 80, age, age 75. I'm like, what, like, what world do you live in? So you're not going to have any in. So because at 80, you're going to be completely broke. Well, that maybe that's what they're saying. If 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 you don't have any income, you don't pay taxes. Yeah. If you have no income, you you don't pay taxes. And people think, 
well, I, I don't work, so I'm not going to be ta- paying taxes at 80. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you still have, you still have income, hopefully. I mean, hopefully right. you'll have income uh, until the day you die. I mean, that's, that's right. the goal, right? Right. And, you know, the libertarian in me is is going to come out and say, oh, taxes are theft, you know, but I, I'm not going to go that far. But let's, no, you let's better talk not, about. Because I would argue that. That's of not. Of course. All right. We're, we'll save that for another show. Um, sure. Uh, so let's talk about some changes that happened in 2018 that people probably don't realize happened. Um, maybe they do if it affects them directly, but they'll probably learn about these when they go to file their taxes for 2018, probably in 2019 in April, right? Um, right. <clears throat> first off, the Affordable Care Act, the ACA mandate is gone. And now why am I bringing that up as a tax? Because it is. It's considered a tax. Um, if you don't get health insurance and you re- you're required to, you pay a penalty. Well, that's gone. So this year will be the first year in a while that people that don't get health insurance don't pay a penalty. Now, I don't I don't I don't recommend people go without health insurance because as 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 I learned personally this year, um, a child breaking an arm is is a, you know, sixty thousand dollar deal. So without insurance, I'd be in trouble. Um, But that's an interesting uh, uh, way of looking at taxes that that law doesn't require people to pay. And you know who is who the people that are getting hit hardest with that were the people that couldn't afford health insurance. So they're like, oh, I can't afford health insurance. I'll just pay the penalty, which is I don't want to pay, but it's cheaper than buying health insurance. Right. So that's an interesting thing that happened this year. And it, and we'll we'll see how it impacted the um, the signups, because that's what's happening. Uh, closing right about now is, is the signups. Um, what else happened? 2018, uh, corporate tax rates went down. So, and that was the big contention that people didn't like. Oh, the corporations are paying less tax rate. Um, so it is what it is. <clears throat> Whether you believe that lowering corporate tax rates improve everybody else, that's a different story. Sure. But um, it's a big, big change. So it may yeah. impact a lot of, of our listeners, um, especially those that are owners of small businesses or sure. anything like that. Um, gains made on home sales. It's more difficult to comp- um, to write that off. Now, the rules, you know, if you make, if you sell your home and you have a profit, like which a lot of retirees do, yeah. you know, especially those moving from up north, the home prices are much higher than here in the Tampa area in some areas. So if you sell your house for 600000 and you only paid, you know, you, <clears throat> you only paid 400000 for it or, or whatever, you know, you have, you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in actual gains, you don't pay taxes on that. Um, but they made it more difficult to avoid that. So you can't just flip houses for a living. You actually have to live in the house. And they made it the the length of time you live in it a little longer. So people moving from up north, you know, one of the things that they often say to me, especially that I knew the area, I just built my house. Um, do I have to pay the tap capital gains on that? And the question is, well, how much is it? So there is a, a cutoff. So that's, that's uh, <clears throat> important to note. Let's see what else changed. Twenty eighteen. There's been a lot of changes with that uh, tax law. I mean, that's it's the biggest uh, change in the tax system since the early '80s, right? That's right. It has been, um, and it seems like you know the 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 point was oh the economy's going to do so much better once we make these changes. I think it's going to take some time, and I think we're really not going to see the true impact until people start filing. You know, when they start doing these things. And, um, you know, but there's certain ones that are really, um, uh, what are you, what's the word I'm thinking of that are hot buttons people get really upset about, like the mortgage, 
um, and home equity loan interest deduction. You yeah. know, you can write off your home, your mortgage expenses, um, loans. Um, they they said, um, oh, they're doing away with that. No, all all that was changed was that you can't write it right now. The million dollar cap, so the value, the house valued up to a million, um, is where you can start writing off the interest deduction on those. But um, they just lowered it to seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, but if you already have the million dollar loan, it, it doesn't impact you. You, you, you know, it's not, you can't, it's going forward is what it says. So, um, that one so was blown out of proportion. you're in if you're already right. doing it. Right. So. so, so it goes, it's a little out of proportion, the, 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 the hubbub about it, because I mean, not too many of Americans have a $750,000 loan, <clears throat> but you know, eventually it's going to get there. Um, right. So something to note um well the rates and and the rates changed and that's a that's probably a good thing right the rates um the tax brackets yeah the brackets yeah so those are all down tax brackets were lowered now so which is interesting because that should be something everyone celebrates right right but then again it's less income for the government so if you believe that government has less income and that's a problem then you're against those tax breaks. But then again, if someone says, hey, you know, instead of paying 15% taxes, you're only going to have to pay 12, it's going to be tough for you to say, eh, never mind, I don't want that. You're going to say, of course, right? Right, right. right. right? Everybody, everybody's going to take it and be excited about it. Of course, at the same time, we know, you know, the, the budget deficit and our country's debt keeps, you know, is increasing exponentially right. all the time. Uh, to lower taxes at a time like that does seem counterintuitive. Right, it does. But the idea is if we lower the business taxes and the personal taxes, people spend more and get the economy going and then we'll get more tax revenue overall. And it's a long story, right? And it's a debate. But sure. I think the problem is you can't tax your way out of it. I think we got to deal with the spending issues that we have in this country. Well, yeah, and, obviously right? that's the that's the first. <laughs> so you might say let's do both at the same time. Um, but again, we're going opposite directions here. We're yeah. we're not only lowering taxes, we're also increasing spending. It's like, oh, where are we going with this, right? Yeah. So um, that's the problem right there: the increase in spending, and, and right, uh, right, and that is a nonpartisan issue because they're all just as guilty. They. You know, you look at the stats and like uh, who's increased the deficit more, you know, it's not like one party or the other is is really more guilty than the other. Uh, right. Because I just read an article and it showed a graph and it's just like, wow. Flat line, right? Yeah. Which one's more, Republicans yeah. and Democrats? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> They're both, they both increase spending <laughs> astronomically. Right. And if, if I ran my um, clients' households that way, you know, people come to me for retirement. Oh, if I goodness. ran... The way the government runs, we would I would have no clients. We'd all be bankrupt, and I'd right. be in jail. You know, yeah. but but yeah, you, uh, if you ran your business like the government runs, you would be in jail. That that is the bottom line. I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, an 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 individual. If we ran our budget, my family budget like that, uh, not only would my you know our family probably break apart, but we'd be bankrupt. And as a business person or a financial advisor, you'd probably be in jail. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, and so when people, and especially um, when it comes to just income versus spending, like spending versus expenses, spending expenses versus income, there's, you know, everyone knows if you spend more than you bring in, you're going to lose money. Right. Uh, so people know that intuitively, but it seems like they're, they're okay with the government. And then people, 
everyone loves their own congressman, but they hate Congress. Like, well, how does that work? You know, <laughs> my guy's great, but the rest stink. Well, everyone says that, so no one changes anything. Anyway, let's stop there. Um, a couple more things that changed that are relevant to people. The investment advice that I charge people for, you can't write that off on taxes anymore. That's a, that's a sad thing. What now? Uh, yeah. So you used to be able to, like, if I, you know, I charge fee to give investment advice for people right, if I manage right. their money. Yeah. You can write that off as a business, as an expense. Oh, really? um, I didn't know you that. can't write it off anymore. Oh. So. Well, yeah. And they, they changed this, the standard deduction and, mm-hmm. and eliminated the personal exemption, right? That's right. So you can't, you don't have any more personal exemptions at all. Um, it used to be like 4,000 per person or something. But now, yeah. um, now they've doubled the standard deduction almost doubled. So it went from like 6,300 for individuals to 12,000. And then a family married couples went from like 12,700 to 24,000. So, you know, take away, give what's the, what's going to be the difference, but we don't know. I think what's going to happen is less people will itemize. That's what will happen, you know? Um, so that's, that was, that's a good point. That was a biggie. Um, a couple more biggies. And then I want to give some tips on, uh, what we should be thinking about at the end of the year here. Sure. Um, the big one was that pass-through income for business owners is increased. Uh, I mean, meaning lowered tax rate for people that own their own business, like me, passing through income. Normally, it's taxed at your ordinary tax rate, whatever my tax bracket is, but they changed that. So it might be more, um, what's the word, beneficial to pass through income from your business tax-wise, which in theory will promote small business, which I'm a big big promoter of small business. Me too. I'm a a big believer in whatever they can do to help small businesses. Right. Um, A big one that changed, doesn't impact Florida as much as it does some of the other states, is that you used to be able to itemize your, um, your, you should write off your, deduct your state and local property taxes. Yeah. Unlimited. Now they limit it to 10,000. Ooh. So, which, you know, around here, it's not the big, a huge issue, but, you know, I remember when I lived in New York, I had, uh, 0.12 0.12 acres and my property taxes were I think 10,000. So, oh. you know, if you have any property on Long Island, it's like, oh my god. So those people are feeling the pinch up in those states. So, and they call that the salt deduction, state and local well, local tax. So, we don't hear about it too much here in Florida cuz that there aren't it doesn't impact our area too much. Sure. Something that, but for people moving, that's that's definitely a hot topic. Yeah. You know one that um, wasn't eliminated, Tony, that I thought maybe would have been? The electric car credit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I just read a big article about that. And um, there is a proposal (laughs) to eliminate it, but it wasn't part of this tax bill. They still might eliminate it, but it hasn't been eliminated yet, which I'm excited about because I own an electric vehicle, as you know. So does that mean Donald Trump's a big supporter of you and your electric car? You guys are like buddy buddies in an electric car. <laughs> well, Wrong. so far, so far, but I ha- I did read that uh, either the I think it was the Republicans in Congress or uh, the Trump administration, one of the two, was pushing for a for a change. But that might not happen. I, I mean, you know, I think there's supporters on both sides of the aisles for they they see the the wisdom in electric vehicles. So. Yeah, and uh, I joke about it, but I love it. I, I love those types of um, credits, you know, if you're going <laughs> to, because, you know, like solar credits and that kind of thing. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's great um, that yeah. if you're going to spend some money up front, because they are more expensive than regular, that 
you're gonna yep. ben- you're, and you're benefiting uh, undoubtedly benefiting the entire environment um, yeah. get a little bit little bit of a credit for it so let's talk about now that I mean a lot of changes happen um, if you do your own taxes you're gonna have to pay a little extra attention this year because there's gonna be some new rules yeah um, if you hire somebody then make sure that they're up to date on it which they should be um, and just remember there's a difference between tax planning and tax preparation I don't do any tax preparation uh, that's that's for the people that crunch the numbers but I work with them and uh, I definitely help plan because yes. here's an example Tony <clears throat> this is a big one so this let's talk about this health insurance topic where oh. you get subsidies right I help people sure. get subsidies um, and I've talked to you about you know some of my clients who want to show say 80,000 of income as a retired couple but I say if you can show 64,900 as income you get a, a subsidy of 15,000 from the government. And then like, whoa, for health insurance, right? And this is for people not on Medicare, right? Right, right. Um, that kind of stuff is is mind blowing that people don't think about it. I have had uh, people come in recently and they need help with their health insurance because they know that we do that here as well. And I'll be talking and I'll listening to them and um, they're like, I, I, I'm gonna lose my subsidy because I made too little. You know, that, that's that's a mind-blowing thought. Um, in Florida, if you don't make enough, you don't get a subsidy. What? So, yeah, there's, it's a range because we didn't, we that's didn't expand ridiculous. Medicaid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but if you make too much, you don't get a subsidy as well. So there's this, this sure. little bracket. So at the end of the year now, we're, we're, when you got a month left and you're looking at how much income you make made so far, how much you told the government you are going to make, and the subsidies based on that, this is where you've got to start tweaking. You might actually have to take money out of your retirement accounts to increase your income so that you can actually get that subsidy and not have to pay it back. And these types of things are are go over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. You know, the insurance agents are just like, well, I don't care. I'm just going to sell you the insurance. The tax person's like, well, I don't care what you, you know, you're going to pay a penalty. What am I going to do about it? You know, but if you if you think ahead and you make and you recognize the income or you add more to an IRA to reduce your income in order to manage that subsidy, it's really important. And it's high stakes. Right. It could and be thousands of, of dollars. Yeah. And you're running out of time to do that yet this year to figure out what kind of situation you're going to be in. That's right. And it's crazy to think about that, you know, you would actually have to worry about your income levels and your savings levels uh, on the upside and the downside in order to qualify for these healthcare subsidies. But if you are in that situation, this is the time to double check. Now you're supposed to be checking throughout the year. In fact, that's part of your responsibility is to notify the government if your income changes throughout the year. But a lot of my clients are self-employed people. They don't know their their money comes and goes. You know, it's it's in waves, so they're not sure. Um, what do I do? Uh, and so we have to make some educated guesses. But now is when the scramble happens to try and make sure your income matches what you said it was going to match. Because the last thing you want to do is get a thousand dollar a month subsidy. And then at the end of the year, you make too much or make too little, and you have to pay that thousand a month back. That's that's not a fun situation. No. So that, but it's a reality that people face. And you might be listening, saying, oh, "I don't. I'm glad I don't have to deal with the subsidies." Huh. Or you might say, "Oh, Obamacare. Oh, that sounds like Al Qaeda." You know, like no, right. it's it just you have to deal with what it is. So if you don't, if you're not part of it, then that's fine. But just remember that at some point you might be, or you might know someone that's part of it, and this is the time to check. Yeah. Um, Something a little bit more related to retirees. 
because of just because of the age restrictions is required minimum distributions. You know what those are? RMDs, right, Tony? RMD, really massive donut is what RMD yes. stands for. Right. In Tony's world, um, yeah. in, in the real world, um, it stands for required minimum distribution. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I like your world better, Tony. Um, <laughs> it's more delicious. That's for right. sure. Now, you don't have to worry about it, nor do I, because we're not that age yet. Um, 70 and a half, just to make things interesting. They add a little half in there and confusing. You know, it's always interesting. I was born in, in uh, May. Uh, when's my 70 and a half birthday? You know, oh, it's like, all right, let's do some math. Right. So anyway, uh, when you hit 70 and a half, you have to take money out of your IRA, your retirement accounts, or the government will fine you 50% penalty oh. of what you were supposed to take out. So that's a big one. And most people miss it that first year. Uh, they're just not aware of it because you're not, you're not thinking about it. Um, uh, now, unless, a lot of people don't. Unless they're your clients and they're working with you and they have a plan in place. That's right. And I have right. software to remind me. <laughs> yeah, it will. Yeah. This person's turning seven and a half this year. Make sure you help them get their required minimum distributions out. Yes. Because if I don't help them get it out and they get a penalty of 50%, look who they're going to complain to. Everybody they know. And they're going to say, Dan didn't help me. Right. That doesn't do no. <laughs> me well. Right. No. Um, but the beauty of um, the government being uh, so gracious and kind, they give you that first year, they give you a little leeway. They give you a four month leeway. So the first year you turn 70 and a half, they give you till April of the following year to take your requirement of distribution. Because you know what happens, Tony? People forget. And then no. they get that te- they get that notice and they're like, oh, my God, I forgot yeah. to take it last yeah. year. Yeah. Lucky them. But you I'm can only sure do that once. You can only time. do that first time. Not good. You don't want to get that notice. You want to avoid that. That's a big tip right there. Uh, When you turn 70 and a half, they they force you to start taking money out of those qualified accounts so you can pay the taxes on it, right? That's right. That's what they want. They want their tax revenue. They don't want you hoarding it. I will say this. If you inherit an IRA, let's say your mother dies and she gives you her IRA. And so now it's your IRA, but it's still got her name on it. Because when you inherit an IRA... Um, you have to pay taxes on it right away unless you keep it in their name and inherit. And it's called an inherited IRA or beneficiary IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could be 30 years old, have an IRA from your parent. And um, you might say, oh, I don't have to touch this till I'm 70 and a half. Wrong. You have to take required minimum distributions based on your age of your um, the deceased person. Oh. So you do. You do have to take required minimum distributions. Even if, even if you're two years old and you got an IRA inherited. So, yeah. They don't don't think it's just for the but seventy. But you don't have to pay the penalty of taking it out before you're fifty nine and a half in that situation, do you? No, you don't. Good oh, point, good. Tony. That's a goodie. That's that would be interesting. <laughs> well, if they force you to take it out and you're only thirty years old, uh, then uh, because the rule is if you take it out before you're fifty nine and a half, there's a ten percent penalty, right? That's right. Early withdrawal penalty are right. waived for required minimum But on an inherited IRA, they base it on the age of who you inherited it from. So you're starting to take distributions right away. At least you don't have the 10% penalty. Right. They base it on your age. So, so um, but it's based on the life of the, they, they always, when you, when you inherit an IRA and you look at the title of it, normally it'll say Dan Wendell's IRA. It'll say, you know, so and so's IRA for the benefit for the benefit of Dan Wendell. So mm-hmm. they keep your deceased so person's different. name on it, so that they can keep track that this is inherited. Not can your I own. transfer if I inherit an IRA and it's like that? Can I transfer it into my own IRA? No. See, if you do that, then that see that's the whole point. You can't avoid because then they'll then they'll say, oh, the requirement of distributions. Um, no, you can transfer it into your bank account. 
and pay all the taxes on it at that time. At once. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be good. Right. So that's well, the if RMDs. It's a, if it's so, if it's a thousand dollars, who cares? If it's if it's three or four hundred thousand dollars in an IRA, then that that would be a hefty chunk of tax. Right. Right. And they call that stretching the IRA out, mm-hmm. so you could stretch it over the life of someone else. So uh, a two-year-old can inherit an IRA and stretch the tax liability over their entire life, sure. which is much better than just getting that tax hit right well, away. Yeah. Although some might say, I'd rather take the tax hit now while tax rates are so low. So there's some tax strategies ah, involved there. Yeah, mm. the fact that taxes in a way, because of the lowered brackets, taxes are on sale right now and they're going to go back up. I mean, it's built right into those new tax laws. A lot of this is going to just end in yeah, in like eight and a half years. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so keep in mind required minimum distributions. You don't want to miss those because that's sure. a hefty penalty. Yeah. Another thing you uh, want to do is think about your IRA in um, deposits. So, you know, every year you're hopefully saving for retirement. You got to make sure you're thinking, uh, how much do I want to contribute to my IRA this year? Uh, and you want to do so uh, before the year's up. Now, you, you can wait until afterward and say, in uh, February, hey, this is for last year, but you kind of want to plan ahead this way so yeah. that you can make sure you're, you're budgeting and you're thinking through. And I think IRA contributions are a great strategic tool, not just for retirement purposes. Of course, I'd like you to all max out your IRA contributions mm-hmm. for the future. But sometimes, like I said, you can add to an IRA to reduce your income for other purposes, to avoid having to pay taxes on Social Security. To um, to avoid uh, getting losing your healthcare subsidy, so IRA distribu- uh, contributions are important this time of year, especially if you don't make them automatically through a paycheck. All right, um, I got another one, Tony. We're not done. You you trying to you trying to look? You give me the eye. You you got what is that? A candy cane? You're gonna give me the hook around the neck? <laughs> I, I am. I'm gonna An oversized candy stage. cane here. Yeah. <laughs> Last one. I will do one more. Um, gains and losses. This is a time of year when you look at your uh, trading accounts and if you want to lock in a gain or a loss this year, you can play that game. Because what happens when you invest, you pay capital gains on the actual gains. But if you sell a stock for a $50 gain, but another stock you lost $50, that's a wash. So you don't actually have to pay capital gains on that because you you can have two different stocks wipe each other out in terms of the gain. So what people do at this time of year is they look, okay, how much did I make in gains this year? Do I have any losses that I can realize now just to offset those gains and avoid the taxes? Now, buying and selling stocks for the sole purpose of tax avoidance sounds like a really strategic move, but sometimes it's not the way to invest. You, you, you want to invest uh, for the future. You have to have an investment plan. You don't want to just invest for the sake of tax liability. But it does make sense for a lot of people, and it's and um, I do a lot, uh, a lot of clients that I have uh, in the market, we do tax loss harvesting, it's called. So that's really what that's all about. And, and you'll hear a lot of people talk about that this time of year. So don't forget to do that if, you, if, if that applies to you. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, great tips for us today regarding uh, these new tax reform laws and uh, taxes in retirement and being prepared, but more importantly, planning ahead. So Dan, good show, but we are out of time. Is there anything else you want to add for the listeners? Yeah, and if you're interested in learning more or you want to, if you need advice on taxes, I can send you in the right direction. Just give me a call. I'll help you with that. If you want to talk strategically about some tax planning ideas, I'd love to talk about that because that's an important part of retirement planning. 
Tony, uh, thank you for your time today. And yeah, I did want to mention, Tony, you were a big proponent of the flat tax. You're a, you're a flat tax guy, I think, right? Didn't you, <laughs> were you holding up signs recently? I was not, actually. <laughs> no. Well, something to think about, folks. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining me today, Tony. And thanks for keeping this um, something that we won't fall asleep listening to, I hope. All right. <laughs> and that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with the ever-exciting Dan Wendell. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.